You're listening to the Brooks Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 88, Meditation and Your Life Purpose, an interview with Sarah Allred. Hello, my friend. This episode is a total break from tradition. (laughs) On occasion, I get to do awesome guest interviews on other people's podcasts, and such was the case a few months ago. I had the amazing opportunity to be interviewed by Sarah Grace on her podcast, Latter-day Ladypreneur. The conversation that we had was awesome, and I learned so much through her thought-provoking questions. So instead of creating solo episodes about what we talked about, I asked Sarah for permission to air the episode on my own show, and she graciously agreed. Sarah's podcast is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. She currently has the best series that she's doing right now called The Heroine's Journey, and it is life-changing. She also happens to be one of my dearest friends and my business coach. If you like my podcast, which marries self-help and the gospel, well, then Sarah's podcast is basically the business version. (laughs) She brilliantly weaves in gospel principles into business principles, and I find her perspective so encouraging. So Sarah invited me to speak about meditation and business. Now, to be honest, I have never been asked about this before. Yet, it is something that I use in my work every single day. So I was able to talk about meditation in a whole new way. So even if you don't have a business, I think there is so much to gain from this conversation as it relates to life purpose and living a life of faith. I really hope you enjoy. Hey you, welcome back to the Latter-day Ladypreneur podcast. It is interview day and it is, I would call it rock star interview day. I am so excited to introduce you to a, gosh, dare I say lifelong friend of mine? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Do you recognize that voice? Some of you are watching this on YouTube. Some of you are on the podcast. If you're not watching it on YouTube, you may recognize that voice. And I hope it invokes absolute power and stillness and awesomeness when you hear it. This is the amazing Brooke Snow. Welcome, Brooke. I'm super glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) (laughs) This is normal for us. We feel really lucky. Like in the past six months, we've actually been able to sit in the same space more than we have almost our entire friendship, I would say. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Oh, so it's just awesome. I can sit here and say I've hung out in my kitchen with Brooke Snow and it's my claim to fame. So I'm super glad that you're here. If you don't know who Brooke is, let me give you just, oh gosh, it's going to seem like a really small intro um, with the ways in which she's impacted the world. But Brooke is a published author. She has an incredible book, um, Living Your True Identity. You can find it on Amazon and I'm not going to let any secrets out of the bag, but I would, I would bet Brooke also has another book idea in the works. We'll have to see what comes of that. I'm not going to say anything. I do. And the first draft is done. (laughs) Boom! You've heard it here. (laughs) I love it. She is also, and Brooke, you're going to have to correct me if I'm using any of the language incorrectly, but you are a habits and creation coach, correct? I am a certified optimized coach and a certified tiny habits coach. 
And I just created my own coaching program, which will have its own certification too, called Creation Coach, which is faith-based coaching and really helping people to improve their life and become a creator and also a co-creator with God, really bringing in that power into our lives to accomplish our goals through optimizing our habits and our lifestyle, everything mind, body, spirit to see good results in all those places. <laughs> oh, anybody in? I can give you the link right now if you're in. Okay, go to brooksnow.com. If you're like, I am so in, turn off the podcast and go because this program and it it, re- it doesn't, it's not open all the time. Like it's open and shut. Um, they have right. to register. Once a year, once a year. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. And some other things you need to know about um, Brooke is that she, she's been an entrepreneur for a really long time. We originally connected in the business space with photography. Um, we connected way before that through music. My father was her professor. Um, our families have been connected for forever. But one of the most awesome parts of your ability to work in business is you have ability to let things go and to leave experiences. You did this with your your degree you're not you didn't leave your degree but you got a master's from BYU in music composition and then you didn't pursue pursue music you did photography and then you left photography then you did some partnerships and you left those partnerships and I'm not at all giving the vibe that you are an abandoner or anything in that (laughs) realm but that you have an ability to know when it's time to shift or change tell me a little bit about those experiences in your life I would say for me that it's more so that I don't have the ability to multitask. (laughs) (laughs) The truth. I love it. And it's really that I I have always had a project and I've always had a calling. And when I say calling, I mean just not something that is official that anybody asked me to do, just something that I feel God is calling me to do. And for 20 years of my life, that really was music. And it was a, the most important thing to me in my whole life. I felt God calling me to that. I pursued it. And, and then things shifted and I felt called to do something else. And I have a hard time. I, I tend to be an all or none personality. So it's difficult for me to split my focus and split my time and feel like I'm really giving everything that I could to that one thing. So the Lord has been really just he's worked with me so well in knowing that that's how I'm designed, that he's actually helped me lose the desire for the thing that needs to be let go of. And then to just really have this calling and this sense of desire shift towards something else. And that's how I know for me that it's personally ready time. That's time to like pivot. And all of those pivots that I have made have been very directed experiences And also some of them have been mournful (laughs) because I don't see the end from the beginning all the time. And I, I go into something thinking like, this is what I'm supposed to do forever. And it doesn't end up that way. And that's been a little bit of a surprise to me. If you would have asked me even 15 years ago, if I would have been doing something not in music, I would have been shocked. Like I felt from the age of three onward that this is what I'm supposed to do. And so um, I do believe that there are times and seasons to everything and Right now, my my season is really helping people to optimize their life through spiritual practices like meditation and uh, habits, identity, all of those things. I love to bring in the gospel in, and marry it together with self-help. I feel like one of my spiritual gifts is actually a gift of translation. <laughs> and oh, it's not a that. translation of I like... I believe that. 
foreign languages necessarily, but it's like a translation of like, I can find good truth in lots of different cultures, practices, traditions, scientific theories, things like that. And I can interpret the gospel principle that is embedded within it. And then I love to just bring that in. And when the gospel principle is married together with whatever it is that I've found, it just ignites it with power. And like, I would say my mission statement is actually a quote from Boyd K. Packer. And he says, true doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior faster than the study of behavior changes behavior. And to me, I look at that and I think, well, the study of behavior that's science. That's self-help. That's all it of those things, defined. right? Yes. And it can absolutely change behavior. But when you bring in the gospel principle, when you bring in the doctrine, true doctrine understood changes attitudes and behavior faster than a study of behavior changes behavior. And so that's been the most exciting thing for me is to teach the doctrine. And I know you do the same thing with business, right? Like it's the same concept right there is that when you bring in the gospel principle, your attitude and your behavior change faster. Who wouldn't want that, right? I mean, that was my immediate thought. I'm like, girl, there is not a woman listening to this right now that is not like, uh, yes, I want this faster. Right. <laughs> we are all in that boat. We are all in that boat in entrepreneurship specifically is how do I make this go faster? So there are really two pivotal reasons why you had to be the first guest of 2021. So as you know, I claim a directive every single year for my business. And that has been introduced in the year of 2021. And it is based in the book of Esther, Esther 414. And the section, I mean, this is what my team, what we work for day in and day out. Like, is this helping us reach this directive? And the directive comes from Esther 414. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. That is our mantra, our theme, and everything in the year 2021 that you'll find here at Sarah Grace Live and on the Latter-day Ladypreneur podcast is going to be centered around helping people see what they were born for. And Mm -hmm. I loved what you just barely shared in your own story is you said, I had this fire, I had this drive, and I knew God was pushing me to desire certain things or not desire certain things. And you have been um, over and over obedient in that way of moving forward towards those things that you feel that fire about. So the second reason I brought you on board is because I, first I know that you believe in purpose and you've written books about it and all sorts of amazing things. But second is you have really been the face of introducing meditation to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, normalizing it, making it not weird, making it not bizarre. I mean, I can think of a hundred words for weird and bizarre, but you've really (laughs) been the face behind that. And it's gutsy. It's really, really gutsy. And so when I asked you to come here, I wanted you to normalize the practice of meditation in business. So when I dropped that bomb on you, when you were sitting in my living room, I'm thinking, I was like, so I'm thinking about meditation and business. What were some of your initial thoughts about meditation and business? Like, whoa, what does that mean for people? Well, it's the first time I've ever been asked specifically, like with those two things in the same sentence, right? And I thought, 
so that took me back a little bit. But then as I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, I use meditation for my business every single day. And as I thought about it and I've pondered on it and I've journaled on it, it's like blowing my mind how powerful it can be because it's just like you mentioned with Esther, we really have to understand that our business is our purpose. Like it's a huge part of our purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think the tradition has been for generations really is to draw a line between business and spirituality, right? And I think that line is really, really blurring now. And especially in the work that people are being called to do right now, and especially as I know your particular followers, we're feeling called to do things that build the kingdom of God. And that can look a million different ways. It can look like products. It can look like information. It can look like training and coaching and whatever it is. But we are being called to do something that the real purpose behind it is to build God's kingdom. And so there is no line drawn there between business and spirituality. And when we begin to look at it as a spiritual calling and a spiritual purpose, and just like the words to Esther, like perhaps you were born for a time such as this. I think with the events that have happened in 2020 and already in January, 2021, and the things I expect to happen, we're in momentum, people. (laughs) The world is moving really fast. And if we didn't feel called to something before, you're going to get called real soon. (laughs) Isn't it fascinating? I I mean, yeah, let's not even, this will be a whole different podcast if we start diving into what's going on in the world. (laughs) But something that I really love about what you constantly bring to the table is that the the entire purpose of your cookie business is to help build the kingdom of God. Like true, true. The entire purpose of your genealogy subscription is to help people bring, you know, people to the gospel of Jesus Christ and come to know Jesus. And I think sometimes we think really small that if we're not directly working in the field of quote unquote religion or spirituality, that it's not meant for his kingdom. And I have personal opinions about that, but I, what would be your response to someone who just feels like their business is so in left field for anything that could possibly build the kingdom of God? Well, absolutely. I believe that everyone has the same general purpose, which is to save souls and help us all return back to our Heavenly Father. And even though that's the general purpose, He calls each of us to do that in a really unique way. He gives us specific spiritual gifts. He gives us specific life experiences. We all have our own perspective and insight in the way that we look at the world. We connect the dots between all of those things in a way that makes things really unique. And He needs people in all places, all places. And so to me, I look at that and I, I think, of course, he, he wants to, to staff his team <laughs> everywhere that he possibly can in order to come into contact with people and to bless people's lives in any way, shape or form. I have a friend of mine and she's a food blogger and we've talked a lot about life purpose and it was really neat to see her discover like how she builds the kingdom by creating recipes, right? Like helping to relieve the stress of having something to cook, to help people have something that they can just follow step-by-step instruction and know that it's going to be healthy for their family. 
And that is building the kingdom. Like, I think sometimes if you may have to step back and even ask the Lord to reveal it to you of how is this doing your work? And I think something important to remember too, is that God plants upon your heart desire. And if you have a desire towards something, it is a clue. It's his clue to you of the direction that he wants you to follow. And I think sometimes we can feel a little embarrassed or maybe a little guilt or shame around the things that we want, like that we desire. And really he's the one who put it there. (laughs) Right. And in the book of Alma chapter 32, faith is compared to a seed. And he talks about desire in that chapter. And he says, let this desire work in you. And I think one of the neat things about that formula is that our desires definitely may change and our path definitely may change. I am total like evidence of that, that your path can change many different times, but those desires are placed in you to get you going, to get you moving into motion. So the Lord can move you to the next place and the next place and the next place. And that as we can honor the desires and realize who put them there and trust that he knows all things. He is the grand designer. He is the grand creator. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows that if I follow this desire that he's given me, it's going to put me in the right place in contact with the right people doing the right things to build his kingdom. This is such a profound moment for entrepreneurs that, that have a base of faith in their life to I love how you said to take a step back and converse with the Lord about that purpose, about that desire, because you may just be floored about Mm -hmm. your food blogging. Like you said, that if you can really, I call it getting, getting over yourself or getting out of your head. Like if you can step back and get out of your own worries and insecurities, you may actually see the miracles you have already brought to pass for others, for employees, for within your own home, like if you can get out of that, you will see such a bigger picture. And you're the queen of this as the queen of bringing meditation to the front of our minds as a tool to help people discover their own purpose and God's desires for them to know that and progress with it. So what kind of, what kind of ways open up your world to us a little bit on how do you meditate about your business? I mean, this may be like the first time someone has heard the word meditation. I mean, I don't know. I actually, I want to start, let's back up just a little bit. And I'm going to ask you because you, you have so much experience in working with people who are just starting on this path of being an entrepreneur, discovering a purpose. What are the most common obstacles that you see people struggle with in business? Ooh, I am seriously getting asked questions on my own podcast. I would let very few people besides Brooke Snow do this, right? Okay. <laughs> no, this is actually a really easy answer for me. So first, I would say the, the first big obstacle for people is that they worry that the cost of doing a business, both time-wise and financially, will sacrifice things that are, quote, more important. Mm. It's going to ruin their kids. It's going to ruin their marriage taking that risk is risky, um, that the, the pros won't outweigh the cost. Right. Okay? So that's the first mm-hmm. one. How many do you want? Just a couple? Yeah. Give me a couple. Okay. The second is it is not okay to want to 
um, make it not only profitable, but wildly profitable. But it's not okay. Like for their spirituality, it is absolutely not okay to do that. Mm -hmm. And then the third is what we originally talked about is that their desire to, for example, print stickers. Um, I have this amazing client that is a sticker designer that it has nothing to do with God. Mm -hmm. So I would say those are the top three is it's not a spiritual enough endeavor. The cost is too great for what they know it will take to provide, to play big in business. Um, And then the third was, oh, that it's not okay to make money. That is so awesome. I have felt all of those things right? at one time or another. Well, how many times have we talked <laughs> In about the past this? 10, 12, 15 years? I don't know how long I've been doing this. <laughs> and, you know, I, I would just add a couple more just from my own struggle. I think imposter syndrome has been oh, yeah. something that has totally showed up for me, like feeling, am I really qualified to do this? Who am I to, you know... I don't have a degree in this. Why am I going out and doing this? Oh, the first thing with right. photography, right? It was like, my degree is in music and I spent 20 years doing it. And here I am. And I took a little tiny class and I think I can become a photographer. Like, that's just so weird. And I, I'm an imposter or feeling that way. Um, and I, I totally resonate with all those other obstacles yeah. that you express right there. And I think one of the big probably the main commonality between all of those is that they're inner obstacles, right? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) They're not external obstacles and we can all have external obstacles. We might have people in our life or other challenges like that, but for the most part, the common obstacle for all of us is that inner obstacle. And what if I told you that meditation could actually remove all of those obstacles. The world would be different. Would you be interested? Yes. (laughs) I like know what you do, but I'm still interested. So I'm kind of excited. (laughs) Let's hear it. (laughs) Hey, so I'm going to explain a little bit of what my book is about, just to give a little background before going into meditation. Um, As Sarah mentioned, my book is called living in your true identity. The main point of the whole book is to teach that we all have two identities. One is true and one is false. Your true self, your true identity, scripture refers to as your divine nature. Your false identity, scripture refers to as the natural man. One is light, one is dark, one is full of faith, one is full of fear and doubt. And all of us, have experience with both of these identities probably every single day. Every day. Right. And I really feel like everything that we just talked about and all of those inner obstacles, oftentimes it's sort of a quality of that false self. Like we start to, like you mentioned, um, fearing things, and feeling maybe shame or guilt around the idea of even being profitable or wildly profitable, like you like you say there. Um, the adversary really likes to play with our good intentions and turn it into something that works against us right there. And here's where I feel like meditation is so powerful. Because to me, meditation is a spiritual practice in which I can 
let go of the false identity and I can embody my true identity. It is both a spiritual and a physical experience. And one of the differences that I like to bring up when I teach people the difference between just prayer versus meditation, I, I like to think of meditation as a higher form of prayer. In fact, that when Sarah talks about like introducing meditation and normalizing it in the church, the way that I've been able to bridge that gap is because I'm teaching it as a form of prayer. And in the Eastern meditation world, you'll often hear people say things like, oh, just empty your mind. And Christian meditation, which is what I teach, we do want to empty the mind and we want to fill up the mind on God. Eastern meditation teaches about detaching from the world and even detaching from like any sense of identity at all. And I would take that a step further in Christian meditation to say that we want to detach from the world. We want to detach from the false identity And then we want to attach to God and we want to embody and become our divine nature of who God created us to be. And when I say that it's also a physical thing, uh, this is where breath really comes into play. And we begin every meditation practice by using the breath. There's a very specific reason for this. Number one, it helps you to be present. It helps bring you into your body. And second of all, it actually helps you to calm down your nervous system. You have two nervous systems in your body. You have what's called the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. That's the scientific words. Now I'm going to use the layman's terms. You have your fight or flight and you have rest and digest. Most of us operate most of the time in fight or flight. This is high reaction. It is supposed to be there. (laughs) But in our modern world, we tend to go into this state of fight or flight off of the smallest things, off of any stimulus, off of anything that requires a response or reaction. And so when you consider all of the information that we have just coming at us all the time, we go into fight or flight. And especially with the world we live in now where there's a lot of scary things in the news and things that are happening and I don't know what to do and what is right and what is wrong. You're going to be in fight or flight. And then you- It's the total norm. Yes, right? It is our normal mode of operating. It's almost what's expected of us, right? And, And we become- acclimated to this state of high stress and it wrecks havoc on our bodies. It wrecks havoc on our health and our energy and our relationships and the way we interact with each other. Because if I'm in fight or flight and my kid just asks me a certain like normal, innocent question, I might respond. Yeah. Like I might respond in a fight or flight way. And so when we talk about shifting from this fight or flight state into the rest or digest, your breath is really the fastest, most effective way to get there. And so I don't know about you, but I've said plenty of prayers in fight or flight and not felt like anything changed after I was done. I was just rattling off a bunch of words, but my body didn't feel any different. Like I still felt fear, still felt worry, still felt stress, whatever. (laughs) Oh yeah. I know when I'm doing that because I'm thinking ahead to what happens after the prayer, like who needs to be tucked in? (laughs) Whose homework did I forget? Like that's anybody else. Okay. That's my little clue. (laughs) Okay. So the neat thing about meditation is that we're actually allowing our body to slow down. We're allowing our our heart rate 
to slow down. We're really shifting into that rest or digest nervous system. And when you think about it, just think about it for a second, like fight or flight, your body basically shuts down. It puts all of your body systems on high alert and reserve because if a child runs into a road, you need to save, you go into fight or flight to save the child and you need all the energy that you can get. So everything kind of shuts down, puts on a reserve so that you can give all of your energy just to that thing. It's very taxing on the body, but it allows you to perform that one thing. But if you're staying in that space, like I want us to think about if things close off, think about the spiritual ramifications of that as well. We're told in the scriptures to have an open heart and an open mind. And I feel like when I'm in fight or flight for reasons that I don't need to be there for, I am also blocking the spirit. And so being able to take those deep nourishing breaths, being able to move into physically move into my body, be able to get into that rest and digest place. I'm also literally opening my heart and my mind and my spiritual eyes and my spiritual ears to be able to hear him speak. It's like everything takes a breath and I just relax and I open up and I let go of the world and I let go of those doubts and those fears and all of those external, yes, and internal conflicts and obstacles that make it feel like I can't move forward. And at least for, for me, 10 minutes, 20 minutes in the morning, I get to experience what life is like without opposition. I am totally open. I'm totally open to the spirit. And I get to experience what life is like without a false self. I get to experience what it feels like and looks like to experience my divine nature. And think about that for a second. Like if you could experience that literally, if you could have a vision and for me, vision is very important in meditation, which is funny because I tend to be a very logical person (laughs) when I say logic (laughs) facts and figures, like I am not naturally a visual person. I can remember scripture verse references and exact words and everything like that, but pictures have never come easy for me. But this is something that I have worked so diligently on developing in meditation is can I see? Can I see what it is that I want to create? Can I see myself with this mission and purpose that God has given me? Can I see myself doing it? Can I see him helping me? Can I imagine what it looks like and feels like to have the support of heaven? Every time I sit down to write in the morning, I do a meditation and I imagine, (laughs) visualize there are angels around me. They're really awesome. They're really good writers. I specifically pray for them, like writing angels to come and help me. I imagine like my spirit being able to receive those words, to interpret them and I just create, I create my whole day, all of that. And at least for those moments of that day, I experience what it feels like to be completely supported, to have complete vision, to have complete faith and confidence. And 
not have opposition. Now, is every moment of my day like that? No, it's not. (laughs) However, those moments are. And now let me tell you another thing. It is in that state that I do my work. If I am in that state, think of how much power I have. Think of how much power I have for revelation, for productivity. Let me tell you right there, like the amount of stuff that I can accomplish is magnified because that is the state in which I come to my work. And yet, at least for knowledge workers, (laughs) how do we usually come to our work? Or what is the first thing we do when we say, oh, it's time to work? We go check our email. We go check Facebook. We go check Instagram. We totally get in the false self and start comparing ourselves. And then we go check other things. (laughs) And then we're like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing? And then we start working on things and it feels a little hard to create. And so we go back and check and see if there's something we can respond to, right? That fight or flight state of being, we really want to be in response mode rather than receiving mode of like receiving inspiration and being open and just being that conduit and being in a state of flow. And so for me, this is so important. I have experienced the contrast of this. I designed my day around me being able to do my work in that state. And I get up early, I do my meditation, I do have a little morning protocol that I do. And when I start work, it is with zero inputs from the world. I do not open email. It is not something that happens. Social media is not something happens. I do not want to break that state. I want to do all that I can before... (laughs) I go into response mode. And even if I have to come back and I do work in the afternoon, I will always start it with a a tinier meditation at that point in the day. It might be as simple as just three deep breaths where I recite a mantra. I visualize my angels around me helping me to write, but it puts me into that state right then. And that is when I do my work and I protect it. I protect it with all that I possibly can. So this, this is mind-blowing, first off. Okay, first off, absolutely mind-blowing and so timely. At the time that we're recording this, which is in the middle of January 2021, um, temples are not open. And it in our minds, we may have created the idea that there just isn't respite right now. Mm. Mm-hmm. That we and we can blame it all day long on what we're seeing on social media and the political events and and Corona and all this kind of stuff. And we also wave the white flag because we can't enter God's house. That that is, quote unquote, okay, if you're not on YouTube, you can't see Brooke. <laughs> your house is your temple here. right here, your body, right? Did you make the connections? I love it. Keep going. Yes, I mean... And like I said, I know your work, but every time I sit with you, it's like epiphany, epiphany, epiphany. And it's that whole thing where I just cannot think of anything more timely at the beginning of this year for us to understand as entrepreneurs. And and that is the fact that would God allow us to truly be absolutely absent from his most powerful influence and spirit, which exists in the temple, right? Right. 
would he hang us out to dry? And I, that's probably a weird way of saying it, but would he, would he leave us? Would he abandon right. us during the most challenging times, politically, world event, you name it, health-wise in the world, would he leave us? So you started pointing there to your body as I was saying all these things that are connecting in my brain right now for these entrepreneurs, you lucky people, to hear all this. Um, the connection is what, Brooke? That our body is a temple. Yeah. That you can go within yourself. The kingdom of God is within you. That you can go there and you can connect with him. You can connect with your true divine nature. You can receive visions. You can receive direction and guidance and courage and faith and know that you are doing the right thing. It it just feels like wow, I've missed the boat. You know, it can feel that way as an entrepreneur to say, Brooke has pointed out, I mean, even when you said, when I sit down to work, I am a meditator now. Thank you, Brooke. It took me like two years for her to teach me to meditate, (laughs) but I am a meditator now, but my old self, it was email and social media. The minute I sat down, the minute I sat down and there is just no worse way to start trying to create something and serve others and further his kingdom than diving into something that doesn't have his influence at its highest level. I just, I love that you pointed out those specific examples of here's how you may be missing out on productivity and missing out on being able to dwell within your divine self. Like, I love your invitation there. So powerful, Brooke. Well, and I think it's an opportunity there that all of us can up-level on. Yes. Because it's such a temptation to want to check in with the world. And if we can just change the order that that happens and check in with God and check in with our true self first, it has the power to absolutely transform everything. And when I say truly like transform your productivity, I'm not joking. I get a whole lot done in an hour and a half of work every morning. Like I'm creating podcasts and meditations and like writing books and all of that. And again, like I alluded to something there of like, I have a heavenly team. I'm visualizing angels. I know I'm not working alone, but I'm creating that visually in my meditation. And I, I have detached from my doubts. I have detached from all of those inner obstacles. Imagine what your life can be like when you don't have that opposition. (laughs) You really can experience life without opposition, at least for a moment, if you create the state in which you are above that. Your vibration, your emotion, your connection is above opposition. You can productivity, inspiration, revelation, solutions, vision, you move forward, you move forward quickly, you get a lot done, and you do it in a way that is powerful and has great impact. Like I say, I can't stay there all day. (laughs) I, I meet other people, I get inputs from the world, I get shaken up and everything like that, but I can return. And I can return any moment that I am willing to take the time to become still again. And then I received that power again. And let me point out a couple of details to make sure that our listeners did not miss this. Okay. Um, Brooke homeschools her kids. Okay. That's a, that's a fact. 
take it or leave it. You have to understand that she is homeschooling her kids. She also normally works. This is an exception. We're recording at 8 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Okay, this is an exception. But your normal work day, tell me if I'm wrong, is 90 minutes on average. For content creation, yes. And then I save that email response stuff or calls or Zoom or coaching or anything like that for the afternoon. But yes, content creation is 90 minutes in the morning. Okay. So if you know her world, if you don't know her world, go check it out as an example of the, the emails and the podcasting and the book writing. All of this is happening in an incredibly short amount of time. You know, I would be pretty blown away. Even if you said you worked three or four hours a day, I'd be like, wow, she's got a book done. Wow. She's, but we're talking 90 minutes of dedicated, consecrated time. Um, Quite impressive, quite impressive to point out those details. So the, the next part that I really hope we can bring home for entrepreneurs has a lot to do with, with, this is a question I have for you is, why is it that when we are in that fight or flight all the time, that stillness becomes uncomfortable? And I want you to think about it for a minute. Because I think back on a particularly chaotic, it was about a year ago, a particularly chaotic period of my life. And I started to notice that the stillness was uncomfortable. I couldn't even sweep the floor without putting in my AirPods to listen to a mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. It was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I couldn't brush my teeth without flipping on the Cosby show on Netflix or or prime or whatever. <laughs> like, what is it about that? Like, how do you fight that uncomfortableness? What do you think about that? So I believe the reason it feels uncomfortable is only because it's not practiced and it feel it's unfamiliar. And I actually hear the same response when people start using affirmations. Affirmations is something that I teach people how to do. We use it in meditation. And like immediately the complaint I hear is, I feel like I'm lying and this is really uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm not used to talking like this. And, And my response to that is just the only reason it's uncomfortable is because it's not practiced and because it's not familiar. And if you spend more time there, it becomes more and more comfortable. And it's a sign right there too, right? If it is uncomfortable, it means that you are dedicating very little time to this so much that you have acclimated to like, that's your homeostasis. Your homeostasis is the fight or flight state. And so you go out of homeostasis and your body's going to be like, this is weird. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not used to this. Like what? Not having inputs right now. And you're like, trying to be calm and quiet. Like, I don't know how to operate in this. You haven't shown me how. (laughs) Allow it to be uncomfortable. Yes. That's the great sign, right? Right. And if like with anything, the more you practice it and the more time you spend there, it's totally going to become more comfortable. And you know, here's something I will say too, because I've been meditating for five years. I can go into meditation and I can get into that state really quick. Yeah. And I can go into that state and, you know, I, you just heard me say like, this is where opposition doesn't exist. I don't know if I could say that five years ago when I was first mm. starting out. Sure. Because I did have repeated negative affirmations going on in my mind. 
I have retrained my entire way of thinking. I have retrained myself to speak truth. I have retrained myself to speak loving thoughts, to talk lovingly to myself, to be forgiving to myself, to be gentle and kind. And so when I say, oh, it's like this great space, that like there's no opposition. It has taken time to be able to change the record <laughs> that has been playing, right? It has taken time to be able to get there. And I think even if you're just beginning, you can still experience that. Mm. Um, it may just take a little bit longer in a meditation, right? And you may notice what those negative affirmations are. They might pop up for you and feel a little bit uncomfortable. But I hope what people come away with from is that it doesn't mean that it's not true or good. It's simply that it's not practiced. That's it. And you know, this also reminds me of like, I want to be comfortable there because that's where God is. And I want to be comfortable in his presence. And we're told, you know, the whole plan of salvation and, and that we've got the three degrees of glory and you're going you're gonna to go where you're comfortable. <laughs> and to me, it's like, I want to practice being comfortable there. I want to practice being comfortable in God's presence. I want to be comfortable in the celestial kingdom. Can I create, just like you're talking about the temple, can I create my own celestial experience every single day in a meditation practice so that I am comfortable? I love the verbiage that you use because first off, we have to trust Boyd K. Packer's promise that getting to that state this way of feeling comfortable in his presence is faster Brooks way than it is to try and study how our behaviors are impacting our focus and the brain and like the faster way um, is going to be by practicing these incredible behaviors that you have. Can I pause just like that? Let me just say something to that. Cause I think I'm discovering something in what you're saying. Sometimes we can even treat the gospel like the study of behavior, Right. Like we can treat treat it like, oh, repentance and prayer. And here's all these things that you're supposed to do. But can you really experience it? True doctrine oh. understood, right? Like you, yeah. can, you can just be able to define all of the scripture answers, but can you experience it? That to me is true doctrine understood, right? And it's understood because your physical mental, emotional, and spiritual self, your divine nature understands. And when that happens, you have truly understood the principle God wants you to understand. Oh, yeah. My mind is like on fire right now in a really awesome way. (laughs) Welcome, Brooke Snow. Okay. One of the things I love to and want to build on is when you started talking about, I want to feel comfortable in his presence, right? Like I want to be comfortable in that stillness because I know that's where he dwells. One of those massive barriers that stops entrepreneurs, like like dead in our tracks as entrepreneurs, especially members of the church, is that we don't know the true doctrine surrounding the difference between being comfortable and feeling peaceful. For example... And I'm going to be really excited to see how you connect this, okay? You're on the spot. (laughs) For example, we will feel like 
this looks like a really neat business opportunity, whether it's a collaboration or a coaching gig or an event or a new product or something like that. And we feel that initially and we start to show up to the task and create the thing. And then we get stuck somehow in the creation of it or in the terms of service of it or whatever it is. And our response is that we give up on it and we say, but I feel peaceful about it. So we let go of the collaboration or we let go of the coaching opportunity or we let go of the joint venture or venture capitalist moment or whatever it is. And we tell ourselves, and you can see I have a soapbox moment here, okay? We tell ourselves, well, I feel peaceful about it. And what we're really communicating, what I have found through high performance coaching is that we're actually communicating that we have shrunk. We have shrunk into a level of actually going back to being comfortable. We've pulled ourselves out of the creative space. We have pulled, we have shrunk and it's probably a bad word to use comfortable. It's the only word I can use to describe it, but that we have actually digressed. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you, what do you think about that in your thoughts on like, you obviously are a, a, a successful entrepreneur. Um, you have a ton of reach, a ton of influence that has come at a, a cost of um, growth and, and expansion and all these kinds of things. How have you kept going and not allowed yourself to shrink back to just a more comfortable space? Because I'm sure we've had those moments. We've had these discussions where it's like, sometimes I wonder, why do I do this? <laughs> why do I do this? Why can't I just let sweet Greg or sweet Ben pay the bills and like not stress about the emails that distract me and not be writing a new book that, you know, I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. What are your thoughts surrounding that? So I'm going to answer this in a really unexpected way, but this is what comes up for me is that we have to have a healthy understanding of fear. Mm, Fearing God, so to speak. So years ago, I read a book by Tara Moore. It was called Playing Big. And in one of her chapters, she talks about fear and she talks about how she came upon a Jewish rabbi who explained to her that fear only has, there's only one word for fear in the English language. However, in the original Hebrew language, there's two words for fear. The first is called Peshad, which is probably the fear that we're most familiar with, which is like projected images and like, you know, like fearful things like this might happen in the future. It's a risk and all of that. So this is what's called Peshad fear. The other word for fear is Yira. And Yira is the fear that you experience when you step into something bigger than yourself. You step into the presence of the divine. And this made so much sense for me once I heard this. Like this would explain why (laughs) it can be good to fear God, right? Right. He doesn't want us to have projected Peshad fear, like projected images and things like that in our mind, be scary, that keeps us back and holds us back, right? Um, And I think when the angel appears to the shepherds and he says, fear not, 
that's the type of fear that he's talking oh, I about, love this. right? Yes. But this is really important to understand as an entrepreneur because you will feel feel fear and you will feel both kinds and you need to know the difference. You need to know when the fear that you're feeling is just doubts, right? It's right. risk. It's like, what if something happens? What if I fail? What if people like laugh at me or they compare me or I don't measure up or whatever? That is Pashad fear. However, you will also experience year of fear, which is, wow, I have been called to something. I am in the presence of God and it is awesome. It is bigger than me. And it's important to understand that difference. And I will also add in, since we talked about true self and false self, Pashad fear is the fear of the false self. Yura fear is the fear of the true self. And when we talk about comfortable, <laughs> like there are going to be those moments where you feel that year of fear and you're in the presence of God and you know you've been called to something and you need to do it and you will feel that. And to know that it there's a word for it and it is yura if we I think it's so Naming cool. It. Yes. You no, know, that the Hebrew allows us to have that distinction because it's important because then you can take that fear and you can turn it into courage. You can turn it into faith and an ability to act and move forward rather than something that keeps you from going forward because I shouldn't be feeling anything right now. I should just be totally peaceful, right? I should be totally calm. That's when I can know something is right. Well, (laughs) the way God works is that he usually asks us to do big things and there's going to be an element of fear that is a godly fear. Oh, I love the language that you have put around that and helping us understand that God's pattern actually includes that. It includes feeling that. And our scriptures would be darn thin if it was people that felt the fear and gave up. Right. It would be, there wouldn't be stories to be told. There wouldn't be thousands upon millions being baptized if if the fear meant I should stop. So right. I love, I love the language that you've put there. So so we've got kind of a special thing here on the podcast today. Is there anything else as you've prepared talking about business and meditation? I just want to make sure before I talk to them about that special thing, love my hook, you guys, hang on, hang on. Um, is there anything else you want to conquer? This is a unique audience for you, all entrepreneurs, people of faith, anything else that we've missed? I think we've got it. I think we talked about a lot of good things. And I would just add my testimony that I know God calls all of us to do something and that it starts, the seed of all of it is the desire in your heart. And we need to nourish it and strengthen it and water it and know that there's going to be fear. <laughs> but it also has the ability to turn into something amazing. And along with that, I'll just continue with that seed analogy and then wrap up here. But you have a true identity, you have a true self. And I like to teach it with the seed analogy, comparing it like to an acorn. The acorn 
contains all of the DNA to become a mighty oak tree. It's all there in this tiny little seed. But if the seed never gets planted in the ground, it never becomes the oak tree. It has to be planted and it has to be watered and nourished and cared for. And the weeds need to be weeded out. And with that care and that nourishment, it begins to grow and it becomes what it was designed to become. And I think that's important in looking at our own life. We all contain the spiritual DNA to become like our heavenly parents. It's already there. We, can, we already have every single Christ-like characteristic and attribute. Some of those attributes are more developed than others. And so instead of me saying like, oh, I'm not patient or I'm not organized, it's actually a lie. I am all those things. They're in me. Some of those things just need to be developed more. And, and I would I say that. that our life purpose that we have and this pursuit of business, we feel called to something. It is a seed. We must plant it in the ground. It's already there. God already like sees this vision of where it's going to lead us. And if we'll trust it, knowing that it is completely designed for our own growth so that we can become something, so that we can take strengths and weaknesses and develop them into this amazing divine nature that he had planned all along. It's already there. I'm going to take that one home with me tonight. It is already (laughs) there. I love that so much. So as you've listened, wonderful listeners, to the amazing Brooke Snow talk about this ability to have your business in a certain state, to have yourself in a certain state each day, um, I have zero reservations about shouting from the rooftops with her coaching program called Creation Coach. It is an incredible experience, only opened once a year. And if you are ready to get into that, that person, to uncover that person that already exists, that identity that already exists, there is no greater path than her program called Creation Coach. So it is open right now if you're listening to this at launch time, (laughs) if you are right on the docket. So just head over to brooksnow.com and she will get you started with an incredible webinar um, that will be a wonderful precursor for you to see exactly how she operates. I just put my full faith in her to transform your life through you discovering who you really are through this program. So head over to brooksnow.com. Now we did say we had something kind of secret. Okay. (laughs) Kind of cool. And I'm really actually kind of stoked about it. I'm super grateful that Brooke is going to right here on the podcast, introduce many of you to what may be your very first meditation. She has created a meditation based around Esther 414 people. What? What? (laughs) Best guest ever, okay? Perhaps you were born for such a time as this. So this is a life's purpose meditation. Mm -hmm. And if you want a recording of this, like if you experience this here on the podcast, which thank you, by the way, for being willing to do this, and you're ready for a polished, professional, music in the background kind of recording, you can find that on the Small Seed Still app. It's an incredible app. I subscribe. Brooke um, is a kind of a co-creator and 
And it's an incredible app that focuses on meditation. And that professional recording will drop there in the Small Seeds Still app. You can find it on um, the App Store on all platforms. So, Brooke, I'm going to let you kind of take it away. This is your jam. I'm going to turn off my microphone and just experience this with the rest of our listeners. Awesome. Okay. Well, I realized that most people, when they listen to podcasts, are not necessarily in the state of like quiet, perfectly zen environment. You're probably doing the dishes or the laundry, or you've got other things that are going on in the background. So if you need to come back and listen to this later, you totally can. But I also want to just give, just get rid of the false limiting belief that the environment and everything has to be perfect in order to benefit from from meditation. It doesn't. Like if all you do right now is simply participate with doing the breath, but your eyes are open because you got other things going on, or if you just want to stop what you're doing just for a little bit, even if you've got some distractions, kids coming in or anything like that, I know that you can still experience benefits from this. And then if you want to come back later and have a more focused experience, then you can do that as well. So with this meditation, if you're able to, you can get in a comfortable position. You can have a straight back. If you're sitting down, I like to have legs uncrossed, feet flat on the floor. You could lay down if you want to do that. I like to have my hands in an open and receiving position, kind of palms up on my thighs. And if it's safe to do so, you can close your eyes. And we're going to begin with a deep inhale through the nose. And exhale through the nose. Inhale deeply from the belly. And exhale. Inhale light and love. Exhale tension, stress, worry, and concern. Inhale, opening your mind, opening your heart. And exhale, letting go of your false self, the natural man, false patterns and false beliefs. Inhale and embody your true self, your divine nature of who God created you to be. And exhale with a heart full of gratitude. I'll just take a moment and notice how your body feels. Notice your breath coming in and coming out. And in this meditation, we're going to focus on receiving God's love. through breath and visualization. In this space, you can let go of your fears, let go of your worries, let go of your doubts, let go of any noise that clouds your mind and troubles your heart. Inhale and exhale. Letting go of all commotion, 
until you find a place of rest and stillness. Stillness allows you to more fully awaken to your purpose. Stillness allows you to hear God's still small voice for you. Stillness allows you to gain a vision for what God is calling you to do. For God has created you for a mighty purpose. And just like the words spoken to Esther, thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. God has placed you upon the earth at this specific time and place to do something mighty. He has a work for you to do. You have come for such a time as this. You are called to fulfill his purpose in your own way. You have gifts, experiences, and insights that have prepared you. You have come for such a time as this. What is your purpose? What is God calling you to do? You don't need to understand the big picture just yet. God always reveals things line upon line. He works in mysterious ways and needs people in all places. He will work a mighty work through you as you follow the desires he will put on your heart. Allow this meditation time to serve two purposes. First, to gain direction. Second, to gain courage. You accomplish your purpose one step after another. And while God may not reveal everything at once, he will always tell you your next step. Knowing your next step keeps you continuously progressing. Your next step will always be something small. It's something you can accomplish today. Your next step is something within your current ability to do and create. With a prayerful heart, I invite you to ask the Lord this question. What is my next step. As you have an idea for your next step, you must also have courage. The world will seek to distract you from your next step. The world will seek to dishearten you and fill you with doubt and fear. 
But God has said, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I invite you to bring into your imagination an image of yourself. This image you create embodies who you need to be right now for such a time as this. This image of you is strong and of good courage. Can you imagine this version of you doing your next step? Can you imagine the ways God can be with you in your work? Can you see how he can strengthen you in the obstacles that you will face? Perhaps you imagine angels surrounding you and strengthening you. You are not alone. You are part of his team. He will use your strengths and support you with heaven's help in your weakness. Allow yourself to see this. Allow yourself to feel this. Allow yourself to speak this into truth. I am supported. I am strong. I am of good courage. I am focused. I am discerning. I am fulfilling my purpose. I am knowing my next step. I am doing God's work. I have come for such a time as this. Take a deep inhale through the nose and exhale through the nose. Inhale courage and exhale gratitude. Smile and open your eyes. Now go and do an amazing work. Brooke, there is no denying the power in that space. Thank you for your generosity in sharing that with our listeners. And as they feel that, I just want to invite them, if that was a game changer for you, there is a polished, professional, scripted music behind it opportunity for you to download that on the small seed app still thank you so much Brooke for being here for that sacred experience that powerful experience 
and really, really grateful for your generosity in being one of our guests. Thank you so much. So friend, I hope you enjoyed this interview on meditation and life purpose with Sarah Grace. If you have a business or an amazing project that you're working on, I highly, highly recommend Sarah's business program, which happens to be reopening this week for the next 10 days or so. The things that I have learned from her have literally transformed my entire work life. It is a gold mine. So special thanks to Sarah for the invitation to be on her show and for special permission to share this conversation here with you. I hope it has been something that you have learned from and that you have enjoyed. You can do this. I'm cheering you on. 